The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Monday and Tuesday, you have to deal with me in person, in studio. I can't wait. I'm going to be up there. Oh, yeah. Here we go. You know what that means. I'm going to annoy you for 48 hours on You Should Move Up Here and how great the show is and we're together. Uh, so I can't wait for that. Yeah, it was weird. It's weird. I'm going to have an itch on my forehead. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. I gotta, I'm got. i going to have a right, a right jab that's going to be good for your chest, too, when you get here. So don't you worry. <laughs> physical abuse yet not yet it's coming it's coming young (laughs) i disrupted his routine i'm taking up his space he's used to having this whole table to himself right used to being able to hide things outside of the camera my coffee section here and and you're in it and Kristen had to bring the trash can back in so that someone could pour the hot water from his preheated mug into the trash and then fill his cup with coffee i've witnessed it again yes you have it's PFT Live. It's trivial. I mean, does it really warm up the cup enough to where it makes a difference? I don't know. I feel like it does. I want my first sip in the morning to be premium, right? So I'm, I'm trying to optimize that. I think the whole cost-benefit balance favors not dumping water into a <laughs> basic office-sized trash can that someone else has to deal with. I think yeah. that tips the scales. That tips the scales. That's Again, the it's answer. doing something I've never heard anyone do before. I mean, this is like I the know. revelation I, of Seinfeld right. when Mr. Pitt was eating a cookie <laughs> with a knife and fork. Like, I've never seen this before in my life. Somebody putting water in their mug so it's sufficiently warm when the coffee <laughs> yeah. is put in the yeah. mug. The coffee warms the mug. Right. The coffee wins. Right. I know. I know. I feel like it might take away from my warmness of my coffee coffee though when it hits the cold mug right so i'm like let me i, I don't know I, it's crazy i don't know where i got it from either and when you said seinfeld i was like yeah this is kind of a quirky weird thing that i do yes it is it definitely is and uh yeah i well as as you know they put the garbage can in the hallway because they're annoyed with me it goes from being quirky and weird to affecting in a negative way the life of someone else when I know. you dump the water right. into a trash can. I know. Why Not that... some big, giant trash well, can. Well, it's a little but... office trash can. I hear I hear you, and I get it. And I go, well, well I understand. I, I guess it's a no-no. But I, I sit there, and I just watch three men in the coffee area, one throw a half bowl of milk within it and cereal, and he throws in the garbage. So what's the difference between that and a little water in there at the same time? Right? One, there is no difference. Two, it's usually a bigger can of garbage with a thicker Yeah, right, okay. More room to more mix together and everything. Bag and right. it's not and, and I think you kind of expect like at a coffee station, you kind of expect stuff like that. Although I've noticed signs recently when I am out and about, like yeah. at Starbucks, because somebody will get a coffee filled all the way to the top and they'll pour like, you know, two inches of it out. 
don't please don't do that. Yeah, Just right. ask for space so you can pour you can put cream milk in, in your right, coffee. Yeah. So there isn't a bunch of coffee at the bottom of the bag. I got by you. The end okay. Of the day. All right. I'll adjust. I'm gonna I'm gonna adjust. We'll I see. you actually made I'll be me back feel tomorrow. bad. Yeah. We'll see if you do we, it tomorrow. We will. I don't know why I do it. I don't I will say that physical abuse is coming your way. I mean it's definitely coming your way. I've been I've had a number of people over the last week like, hey, when he gets here, give it to him for me. All right. And I had one this morning. I had one this morning as I was walking in here. He goes, make sure you give him. I'm not going to give any names away so you don't hold any vendettas. I know you're Italian. You might do that. I got here. Yeah. See, I don't I don't uh, I don't use fists. I use bullets in retaliation. (laughs) You're Tommy Gunn. Careful. (laughs) Uh, I was here a half hour early. Right. By the way. Wow. I'm impressed. Yeah. Half hour. I, I took a I took photographic evidence outside, tweeted it, so there would be no dispute. I was here at six thirty a.m. Eastern, right? In the chair, I was telling them in the control room. I looked up and I saw that it was six forty in like ten seconds. And I said, on a normal day, this would be when I'm starting to think it's probably time to get in the shower. Oh my gosh, so that's amazing! I was here and yeah. ready to go. All right, well, you're here. Two days, you and me, and you're here because tonight we have to go to New York City for our NBC football night in America. We got a little dinner where we have a lot of the big sponsors that are a part of, and we got to shake hands and do our good duty for the company. And yes. You have nothing else to say. I have nothing else to say. <laughs> and that's why Mike's here. I have nothing else to say. Uh, yes, I've avoided hello. it for four years. Welcome I'm to New back. York. Yeah, you're back, baby. This is one of those things that we're not required to do, right? but they just kind of want us to do it. Right. And nobody ever really. Yeah, you're kind of right. Out. They kind of just we're tell not, you. We're you don't not have required. to do it. There's nothing in my contract. No, they kind of they kind of force you to do it. You're right. I'm, I'm last year I didn't do it, and Rodney gave me shit. Why aren't you here? Are we not a team? So the only reason I'm here is because I don't want to have to hear it again from Rodney Harris. All right. Because when he decides to inflict physical abuse. That's when oh, I run. Well, you don't mess with him. I, uh, nobody. He's like a, 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 a when a, when he flips a switch, he becomes angry pitbull. No. I'm like, I don't even want to mess with him. But I mean, he, look, I see the, a look the, in his eye where I go, okay, I'll stay away from him. The for a difference bit. is, even when he is being jovial and playful, he still injures you. Yeah, yeah he's so too aggressive. So if he was actually upset, <laughs> you've got no chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he just. I remember he's playful. His playfulness hurts. I remember early on when I was with NBC. My God, it's been almost 14 years now. But he was walking into a room, and I saw him make some kind of a move, like a quick step, as he was going in, and I mm-hmm. thought. That's why he's a professional athlete. Like, it's just to see it happen in front of you. It was just, what did he just do? What was that? You know, and it was just like, it it was like a lightning strike. It was so fast. So anyway, it'll be good to see Rodney and everybody else. We'll have a meeting later today. Yeah. And I will, I will by then shift into on. on. That's the hardest thing about it. You have to be on for like four hours and you have to talk to people. And sometimes you see people that you've met before. Right. And you don't remember their names. You remember their faces. Right, but they remember yours. I know. It's hard. That's a, definitely a night of that where you're like, hey, gosh, I know your name, but I'm choking here under nice the pressure. Nice to see you is the way to go. I know, right. I've or, hey, what's up, way. man? Or, hey, it's great to see you. Yep. Right, either way. Nice to see you. And it, it, it is. It, that's what's hard being in our position is we do have people that approach us, and we can be in a room where you do know the names of these people, but it's just coming at you left and right, one after another, and you, I, I start to choke under the pressure. Can, and, can I come over and smoke one with you before we go to the <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's the way Maybe to do it. Maybe get you going, relax a little bit. <laughs> or just walk down the street and smoke one like you did in Kansas well, exactly. City. exactly. We could do that. Just it's burn new... one off before we you go know, in. Wouldn't New that York be City? hilarious yeah, if we would were be. just high as shit when we walk into this thing? <laughs> it would be. It would be. I don't know if our bosses would like it. <laughs> By then we fun. won't care. <laughs> You're right. Hey, you know hey. what? You know what? They may not force us to come anymore <laughs> we're if that's here. the case. <laughs> you said you it's wanted old, us. It's the old, you know, they made me cut the grass one time and I screwed it up so badly. I never had to cut the grass again. If I really screw this up tonight, I'll never be back. But... But there may be other consequences as well. Yeah, so I think so. We won't fear do not. That. We'll be. We'll, we'll be. We'll, we'll be, be on sober. Our, we'll be, and we're, we're just kind of having some fun. We'll be fine. We're happy to be here. We're happy to be here. I'm happy to be here. There's no place like home, but this is a, a close uh, second or maybe third. Okay. Um, oh, I, I got a, a LaGuardia story for you. I I had to go to the bathroom after the flight. Yeah. <laughs> and you know it's nice there now. Yeah. I mean it's nice. It just, went from yeah. being third world country to, to one like, of the best. It's like a, a different planet. Yeah. It's futuristic. It's, it's great. It's right. awesome. It is. All the I, wings are settled, do you think? They're all fixed now? Like, all the, the whole airport? Because there was still, like, a wing I, or two that were, I, like, still, like, eh, this is still crappy old LaGuardia. I came into 
apply I, I, there was like you can tell when you're walking through something that isn't permanent new so yeah. there was something connecting wherever i was to wherever i ended up that was right. the old walk through hallway walkway, that right. can't be what they intended to be but anyway right i had to go to the bathroom and there's a certain amount of concentration that's necessary when it's time to do the things that you need to do in a bathroom yeah the guy in the stall next to me was performing singing with music on loudly and the the, the worst part of it was he was good and it's like this this guy was he sitting or he, standing? The, the shoes were pointed out. They were so he was sitting. He was sitting, and he was performing. And he was periodically he would thump on the 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 walls to add a little bass right, drum. Right, and it was challenging to do what needed to be done Apparently. while this was happening. Yeah. but I thought of you because floor burger. There's... Yeah, it's like dinner and a show, I guess. You could drop your burger, you could eat it, and you could get entertained in the bathroom. That I was guess. a first. I mean, I've traveled plenty. That's got to that be. A first. But he was good. On top of it all, he was good. Well, I know. When you said he was sitting in a stall making music, I did not think you were talking no, about not real that music. Kind of, no, I was no, like, no. Wait, actual hold on. Music. So wait, we're talking actual, about real music. Actual singing. There was no coordination of any other noises with the actual percussion. Yeah. There did you know like the song that. or anything like that? No, I didn't know it, but no. it was good. Whatever right. it was, it was good. All right. Well, he's got – I bet, like – He'd ask me if I applied. you got to be really, a, really comfortable there. Was he an employee of the you know airport? To be in the toilet doing that, singing the, and performing, the, what I be like, what I noticed when I glanced under the and this goes yeah. back to speaking of Seinfeld like Costanza was a big proponent of taking the stuff all the way down like why do you have to have why any space feet? right but feet and the the pant legs look like worker you yeah know, that, that dark gray yeah right so I yeah so it could have been maybe right. he's taking his break and he was yeah. waiting to be discovered apparently if i had any juice anywhere i would have said bottom guy line up. is don't eat a burger off the floor at LaGuardia. uh and take your earbuds if you go to the bathroom at That's least right. wherever it was or i went um okay let's get to it plenty to discuss as we get to, oh hey, let, let me run this by to you yeah uh by you as well yeah before we go forward good because i i texted the group last night about this and i wrote something about it scott pioli who was a gm in the nfl with the chiefs vp of player personnel was which is kind of gm with the patriots but everybody works for belichick he posted something yesterday and he works for nfl network so yeah. he's kind of he's kind of in the bubble yeah sure he suggested that Mother's Day weekend, maybe they shut it down. You know, there were rookie mini camps. I remember the draft nine years ago, the way that it landed. It was on Mother's Day weekend. So on Mother's Day, all the people who work in the NFL were rounding out their undrafted free agent yeah, classes. Right. I, I can get behind the idea of just shutting it all down on Mother's Day weekend. There's enough weekends in the offseason to do what you need to do. You, exactly. You, you could have done the rookie mini camp last week. And exactly. A lot of teams did it last weekend, a week after the draft. I don't know why anybody had to do anything Mother's Day weekend, and I, I like it. And I hope that the people at 345 Park Avenue just don't sneer because somebody who's in the cocoon spoke out a turn. I hope they say, yeah, this guy's got a pretty good point. Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't be doing anything on Mother's Day weekend. No, I think there's a, I think there's a number of teams that logically think like that. Like, wait, we have like all these weekends. We can uh, we could have done this Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Why did we have to do it on Mother's Day? Well, they've got you know? off-season workouts too. That's yeah. the problem. Well, they got phase two. Right. They got the rookie right. mini camps. Right. And they bring in a bunch of tryout players. There's Scott's tweet. Sure. They bring in tryout players. They have some veterans in there. They've got all their rookies. They've got their undrafted guys, and they need that mini the- camp. But there's enough. There's an, I mean, throw a dart. There's enough on the calendar to do what needs to be done. I think that Mother's Day weekend could be avoided. And, uh, yeah. you know, Pioli makes a point. Thanksgiving and Christmas, it's, it's in it's season. It's season. We get it. Right. right. Yeah. No, it totally can be avoided. It can. Now, like, listen, it, it's, it's one, it's just a part of this, like, oh, I don't know. You know, it's just following a routine of, hey, in, in the, the second week of phase two, we have a mini camp on the second weekend. If Mother's Day is that weekend, then so be it. I don't even know if they look they it up sometimes, right? Probably they don't. Thought. I think that's kind of what happens there. You know, you do have a faction of people who are aware of that, and that you, I think those are a lot of the teams you didn't see practice. But I think a lot of it's set set forth like in a late February, early March, when the coach is like, "All right, let me figure out the schedule for the whole organization here for the next six or seven weeks," because that's usually what a head coach has to do. How are we going to plan this out? Everybody's got lives, OTAs, like you said, mini camps, and they don't even look at some of the weekends to go, "Oh, wait, is this Mother's Day? Is this Father's Day? Whatever else." But I'm with you on that fact, and the NFL could get behind that and like force that issue with the NFL, or at least put it on every NFL team's radar when you know the, the the season is over 
I just let them know that this is, you know, yeah, it is Mother's Day weekend. And it's a league where we're a bunch of mama's boys to the most, like to the utmost. What do they say when the camera's on? They don't say hi, dad. Exactly right. Say hi, mom. It's a bunch of mama's boys, right? And, I mean, we got a lot of guys in the league who come from single-parent homes. And, of course, in those in those scenarios, more times than not, it's the mom that has raised the, the, the young man. So, uh, yeah, I think that's one that the NFL could readjust, and it shouldn't be that hard. By the way, Anna Jarvis of West Virginia started Mother's Day. Is that a long, right? Long time ago. Wow. Yes. And I'm thinking bigger picture here. It's become such a rite of May, second Sunday in May. It actually would be better slide Mother's Day to June, slide Father's Day to July, middle of June, middle of July. Right. Who cares about Father's Day? Yeah, I mean, Day Father's anyways. Day is just, just the, yeah, it's just yeah. sell some sell right. some cards, right? right? Sell right. some cards and some books. Yeah. Which, I, I got no problem with selling some books because I'm trying to sell one. But I feel like there's so much going on in early May. Maybe yeah. maybe they should slide it, and that would be problem solved. But until they do, NFL, stay away from Mother's Day week. Well, let me, like, I'll give you one inkling here. When I was working in New England, I was there for two off seasons. And one of our weekends, we were there on a Saturday. We're, there's no mini camp or anything. but No days off. No days off. But for whatever reason, we were through a, a crunch of, yes, there was some mini camps and OTAs coming up and right, you know, whatever. But we were there on a Saturday, and I know I wasn't in the coaches' meeting, right? But I thought, you know, we're coming to work tomorrow. We were told we were coming to work tomorrow, and it's Mother's Day. And it's like, damn, it's sweet. But no one's going to say anything. And Belichick is in this meeting with the coaches, and hey, hey, blah, 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 blah. I'll see you guys tomorrow around 1030. And someone raised their hand and said, it's Mother's Day. And to show that the man has a heart, he went, oh, you know, in his disheveled way, like, right. And they all impersonate him after. Oh, 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 all right. You can have the day off. So he was totally unaware. Wow. It was Mother's Day. He wow. had no freaking idea. Yeah. Right. And uh, I think that can happen to some of these robots who are head coaches. Yeah, because it's what are we doing tomorrow? Yeah, what are we doing this, tomorrow? The second Focused week of on everything. I do this. Yeah. this uh, yeah, so they're well, just, they're good. Maybe routine. maybe Pioli's tweet yeah. is the thing Opens eyes that up. will cause everyone who just yeah. blindly makes these schedules take a step back and say, let's avoid Mother's Day. Right. And it needs to come from the top. It needs to be a directive from the league. It needs to be a reminder. When the league says something, the teams jump. No Mother's Day weekend activities moving forward, and uh, I, I, I can get behind that. Yeah. Although we wouldn't have anything to talk about, although we haven't, I mean, we haven't really talked about anything yet, and we've burned 15 minutes of the show, so we'd find a way to get through yeah, we'll two be. hours. Uh, okay, here we go. Carolina Panthers, Frank Reich, head coach, Bryce Young, first overall pick, Mother's Day weekend, rookie minicamp. Here is Frank Reich on the practice reps taken by Bryce Young in his first set of NFL practices. Yeah, Bryce will get a lot of reps. You know, as, as we've said, you know, hey, when, when he's ready, when it's best for the team, you know, that, that's you know, when we'll look to make a transition. But right now, you know, when we come back out Monday, Andy will be taking reps with the one, ones. Bryce will be with the twos. And, um, but Bryce is going to get a lot of reps, you know, we'll, you know, Likely even get a few more than than Andy, you know, just as as the as the new guy. So, and Andy, the good thing with Andy is he's logged a lot in in the last couple of weeks, and and with, as a savvy veteran, um, you know, he still needs the work. But uh, we'll focus on getting Bryce uh, as the younger player, you know, focus on getting him as many reps as we can. That tells me he's starting week one. That I mean, tells me that's he's starting what they week want. One. That's if where they're they want giving him more first team reps than Andy Dalton, because Andy Dalton's new there. I don't care how long he's been in the NFL. Sure. He's new there. Right. The guy that's getting the bulk of the first team reps is the guy that's starting week one. And as time goes by, it's going to be a little more and a little more. They're trying to avoid, and we've talked about this before. It's a point you've made. You don't want to create the impression that anything's being handed to sure. right. the young guy. Yeah. He's got to earn it. And they're confident he's going to earn it quickly. Yeah. That's why they took him. It gets back to that debate. If you're going to take the guy with the first overall pick, you better be damn sure you're going to get him ready to go. Right. And if you don't think you're going to be able to get him ready to go, take somebody else with the first overall pick. That's one of the factors they're looking for. Who can we get ready to go week one? And I think that's part of why they decided to draft Bryce Young. Agreed. They're right. confident they can get him ready right. to go week one, and they're already beginning the process of doing it. Right? I mean, that's all we heard through the process was he was he is ready to go, right? He's an NFL. He thinks like an NFL quarterback, right? He processes like an NFL quarterback. You know, he's had, you know, uh, parts of, of playbooks and things he's done on college that are, you know, of course, NFL advanced type stuff that he's doing. 
So I think that is a part of the appeal, uh, appeal of why he was so highly regarded, you know, uh, across the league in that capacity. And and yeah, they're you know number one pick. I look at it to go. It's just yes, it's a matter of time. It's more of a, you know, how much progress can he make, or when does Andy Dalton not do his best just to open the door for Frank Reich and company to go? You know what? Let's start giving him half the first team reps. But yes, Andy Dalton, they're going to play it as, hey, he's been here, he's had a lot of reps, he's he knows what he's doing, which is very true. And you get to a quarterback that age, even when. You know, Mike, even even when they're they're not, you know, preparing a number one pick, sometimes those guys get lesser reps, right? They've been around the league. They The team tries to save their arm a little bit and just keep them fresh and let some of the other guys get reps. But I would think that, yes, he's going to get some with the ones, mainly the twos, but he'll get some with the threes. And then you'll have days where, hey, oh, hey, Andy, you were supposed to get 10 plays this period, but – Hey, we're, we're, we're going to give you seven. Bryce is going to take the last three, right? And he's going to start to infiltrate everybody's reps to where he's going to slowly but surely start dominating practice. Yeah, and it is just a matter of time. It is. Before he's the guy. The moment I heard Reich say that, that he's going to get a few more reps than Andy Dalton, that's it. Game over. Andy Dalton's number two. Bryce Young's number one barring injury or a complete and total disaster, yeah, which they right. will work their damnedest to avoid happening. There That's it is. Video of Bryce Young taking his first snap. You can actually see him over the offensive lineman. That's a plus. <laughs> You're funny. And, well, he does look really small. It's hard not to think that when he pulls away from the under center. center right. Because what are we used to seeing with small quarterbacks? Shotgun. Yeah. Not right. up there where he is literally under center. I mean, you can say a quarterback is under center with Bryce Young. When he's under center, he is under the center, yes. but not quite. Yeah, I still saw no. his helmet, which is good. It just reminds me of watching high school football. Yeah. when you know, Because when you watch a high school game, sometimes the quarterback looks so small behind yeah. the offensive right. line. It's right. kind of like what it is there. But oh, that, I'm sure. Go. Yeah. They, they know, they believe, they think he's smart enough to do yes. what needs to be done. Right. And uh, we'll see what happens. I yeah. can't remember who they play week one, but right. it becomes interesting right out of the gates. Well, I don't know. We didn't pay much attention to the schedules of the teams that – aren't getting a bunch of primetime games. Chris is looking at uh, Atlanta. We're at Atlanta. Just All right, so there we know. go. Bijan yeah, Robinson versus yeah. Bryce Young right That's now. That's pretty good. Desmond Ritter. Right. See what you can do. Wide open division. NFC South. See what happens. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna try to do their best to get him out on the field, like you said. Definitely. Why? It's a young football team. Their expectations are not real high, as we've talked about. You know, they do have some young talent. So I'm excited to see what they do with Bryce Young and what the offense looks like. You know, it, it, he's he's got some special things about his ability and the way he plays the position. He's a natural, you know. But I guarantee just them watching him come on the field yesterday or the other day, I, I guarantee there was a few of them were like, man, I can't believe that that's our number one pick, that guy right there who's 195 pounds. He's leading, like, there, there's got to be that moment. But he's shown that he knows how to play and protect himself, and uh, we'll see what he does with this opportunity. Do you think that puts more pressure on the Texans to play C.J. Stroud right out of the gate? It's not that they have a ton of great alternatives. I know there's still this argument that Davis Mills yeah, is right. good enough. Well, right. if he was, they wouldn't have drafted C.J. Stroud. Right. But do you think it puts pressure on the Texans and the Colts, who took Anthony Richardson at number four, if it's so clear and it's so obvious right now that Bryce Young is going to play week one? I, I think that you got to be careful about you know, judging off of other situations. I, I would always say that can lead you into, you know, bad, bad things or bad situations where you go, wait, well, let's, let's put our guy at number one. You know, he might not be ready yet, but they're making his one. So let's us do it. And I think everybody's got their own process there. I don't know if they'll feel that pressure. Everybody in all three of those organizations knows where it's heading, right? I mean, everybody's going to put all their focus into making those three guys the starter by week one. It's just you got to be careful, and everybody kind of handles the new plays and the adjustment a little bit differently. I delved into this issue with Jets GM Joe Douglas last week yeah. on Zach Wilson. Right. Second overall pick in 2021. Yeah. And – Joe Douglas acknowledged some regret that they didn't have a veteran presence. Right. That maybe like a Joe Flacco. Yeah, they should have. Have somebody ready to go if there's any doubt whatsoever. They went all in with the youth movement. They never bothered to stop and think, is this kid ready? Right. And I I look at it this way. If you're going to use that pick that high on a quarterback, you create an expectation that he's going to play in today's NFL. Yeah, you do. 
there's no longer the Carson Palmer first overall pick sit behind John Kitten. It just doesn't work that way. There's a presumption. If you're going to use the pick on that guy that early, he's going to play. And if not him, then pick somebody else who's going to be ready to play. Yeah. But you have to be willing to take a step back if you see anything that makes you think the kid's not ready. You have to still be monitoring because you make it worse if you go forward when he's not ready. Yeah. So you need to have an alternative. Right. They didn't have an alternative. No. It was him. No alternative. Right. No alternative, let alone nobody to show him what to do. Yeah. Right? No guy to be like, hey, it's okay. I I, I played a you know shitty two games in a row in my life before, too. You know what I did to get better? What I, he had nobody there to kind of show him the way. Even as my, I can speak to myself as a young kid, it, you know, I wasn't even playing or the number one pick like that. But I know I've told you before, the benefits I got to watch Brad Johnson and how he handled himself, right? Or Brian Greasy and Jason Garrett was there. I learned little things about how they approached the game that I was like, whoa, wait, I'm going to infuse that into my routine. Oh, 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 wait. He gets here before the special teams meeting and watches me, you know, film in this room here. Okay, I'm going to start doing that when I become the guy. I mean, so he had nothing like that. Let alone, yeah, now you're swimming and not mentally. And then physically you start to be all over the places, which happened like we talked about with the sidearm and stepping everywhere and doing all that crap to where he had nobody to kind of calm him down and set him back straight. And that's why I still have hope for the guy. Well, and through it all, you've got Matt Corral, who was third-round pick of the Panthers crazy, last right? year. I can't help but wonder yeah. whether or not they're just going to keep an eye on the phone. Is there somebody else out there that really liked him last year? Yeah. Other than Scott Fitter, or the GM of the team, that's the only common link. But you have a brand-new coaching staff. If he's just kind of lost in the cracks here, maybe they can get value for him and he can get an opportunity somewhere else because what, what chance is he ever going to get None. in Carolina? None. Once Bryce Young is the guy, that's it. Right. Unless – Next year, he's the number two. Right. He has a similar skill set. That's where I would say it does make sense that way. Right? But you're right. They're in a little weird spot here. And, and then he's coming off Liz Frank injury. And Right. And, uh, I mean, they really liked him. They liked him enough last year to make him a third-round pick. Yeah. And he was a guy that you had rated pretty highly. You I had him my number one guy. So, you know. I mean, we talked to two guys at the Combine, and they said the best player they played against in college football was Matt Corral. He's got – they tried to trade him before the draft. They tried to trade him because, you know me, what I think when I hear that stuff. He's got a laser. He's quick as hell. The people are they're going to go, wait, this is our number one pick. His arm isn't as good as the guy we picked in the third round last year. Here, here's our number one pick. He's got a quick release, but it's not as quick as the guy we picked in the third round last year. That was the argument you made last year with the Panthers possibly taking Kenny Pickett. Exactly. Sam Darnold's there. And you're going to go. Sam Darnold's slinging. They're like, why? Why what, do we what, take what? Kenny Pickett? Yeah. Right. I would worry about that. Corral has, you know, we'll see what he is as a player. I didn't like the way he looked in preseason last year either. But either way, his physical ability is real. Like, we, I've heard it from enough people. And, yeah, yeah, he's kind of stuck in no man's land. I'm interested to see what happens there too. And that's the thing. We focus so much on the guys that we know are going to play. But there are so many other guys out there who get just kind of lost yeah. in the shuffle. Just and doesn't there work he is, out. A the guy right that way. we talked so much about leading up to the 2022 draft, who right. is now just in limbo. Yeah, and you wonder what's going on behind the scenes. His representation, and this is another reason why it's important to have an agent, because it's difficult and it's awkward for him to go in to the coaching and be office, like, "Where do I stand? What am GM I doing?" And say, "Hey, you know, what, the, what the hell? Right, right, what the hell? Right. What's going on here?" Right. It, an agent takes up that that cause for Definitely. you and tries to break the logjam. All right, that's uh, the Panthers. The Lions surprised everyone. It's what's it been? Eighteen days? Why? Why would you do that? There's no reason. It was the Lions. It's kneecap okay. time. We gotta get we gotta get physical here. <laughs> you made the comment the other day about chomping on kneecaps, and somebody actually emailed me and tried to call it a simsism. It's like, have you not paid attention to the last two years right. Detroit Lions? Right. The whole kneecap thing. Right. So, Anything's kneecap. They yeah. don't chop at the bit, they yeah. chop at the you kneecap at the in kneecap. Detroit. Right. So they're chopping at the kneecap to get Jameer Gibbs up to speed. He missed some of the Rookie minicamp had some sort of an ankle thing, but he met with reporters and he was asked about this notion that the Lions, who had traded from six down to 12 and then picked the Alabama running back there, reached in that spot to get him. Here's what Gibbs had to say. You admitted you were surprised that you were drafted that high when the Lions took you. Yeah. After the draft was over, I don't know if you heard, but people said, oh, that was the one reach that a team made. The Lions went too high. Did you hear that? What did you think about that? I mean, yeah. Like a reach? I mean, I heard it, but everybody's entitled to their opinion. I mean, I really don't. 
I really don't care. So. I mean, that's all he can say. That's legitimate. Don't care. That's all he can say. I really don't care. I really don't care. It doesn't matter to me. I've got no control over this process. I didn't argue that I should be drafted higher than anybody else. I just show up and I find out when my name's called. That's right. And that's the end of it. Right. Whichever team takes me, and it's always good for the player to be drafted higher than otherwise because you make more money the higher your pick. Now you could still argue it's good to land in a spot where you're going to play and you're going to play well and everything is going to develop properly. It's a short term win if you get drafted higher. Long-term loss if you get drafted higher to a crap team, whereas if you had fallen another spot or two or five or ten or wherever, you're in a great spot and you're a Hall of Famer and everything goes along with it. Yeah. And those are all alternate universes we never get a chance to explore. But we know that it's a factor. We know that one guy is going to be potentially better in one place than he would have been in another place. We just don't have any way to prove it. No, you're right. It's hard. It's, we, we talk about it all the time, right? I mean, yeah, it, 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 is, it is hard to prove it. This is the perfect situation for Jameer Gibbs, though. I mean, perfect. Has everything you kind of just talked about. He got drafted high. They got a good old line. They got good receivers, a quarterback. He got it all there with this pick right there. And he's special, let alone this is a coaching staff that came from New Orleans before this with Sean Payton. So they have a way we'd like to use an Alvin Kamarish type of guy, right? Uh, so I think there's that element, let alone – you know, Sean Payton, and we talk about it all the time, is rooted, that, that group is rooted in physicality too. Size, run the ball. Bill Parcells taught Sean Payton a lot of this type of stuff. So they're believing that too to be smash mouth. He's going to get a ton of touches. He's a special player. Like we talked about in the draft process, there was only a few guys where you could go, here's the ball, and he can score from anywhere. And he was one of them. So, okay, you know, all the draft pundits said he should be drafted in the 20s. They thought... He was a top-tier running back in the same class as B. John Robinson. They had a need for it in their offense. Who cares, right, that they drafted him eight spots too high? Who cares when it's all said and done? If you had a position that you needed and you addressed it with the exact player you wanted it, is there, is there really, who cares if you, if you did it eight picks too high and, and then took the risk off of not getting him at all and letting somebody else steal him in the process? They did the same thing six spots later. When they exactly. So I'm not mad at we it. We talked about it at the time. They had yeah. conviction in what they wanted. They knew what they, they wanted. wanted. Exactly. And right. Like, could have had Bijan Robinson at six. They trade down to 12. What they, they didn't pick up a whole lot. Not a ton. You're six right. Spots. You're right. But maybe they like Gibbs more than Robinson. I mean, that's the thing. I don't think it's as big a gap as the draft world made it be, right? I know I was one that had them both in the same tier. Yeah. Right? Bijan was 20 pounds heavier, and he's awesome. But Bijan can't go 70 to the house like this kid can. And I think that's where it kind of closed the gap a little bit, in my opinion. And, and that's one of the realities with what I call the draft industrial complex. You've got all these people who aren't working for teams who are doing their own scouting, but also supplementing it with what they're hearing from teams. They, right. they want to get their boards right, so they're listening to what the teams are saying Yes, because teams may view guys differently than the people who are doing it on their own. You do it completely. I don't know if you do it completely on your own. But- I really do. I have a more talks of after the process, right? My, my friends aren't going to tell me like, oh, hey, here's my top three receivers or whatever. We just talk players, right? That's what I do. But what happens is you do get that disconnect sometimes. Yeah. Look at Patrick Mahomes. Like, if everybody knew what Andy Reid, Sean Payton, and Mike McCarthy thought of Patrick Mahomes back in 2017, he would have been expected to be the number one overall pick, or at least the first quarterback that year. That was the Miles Garrett year, so who knows? Right. But a lot of it is who's keeping their mouths shut and who isn't. And maybe some people were keeping their mouths shut about Jameer Gibbs. And, you know, if the Lions didn't take him at 12, who knows what would have happened? Who knows how long he would have been there? The teams that may have taken him after that have no cause to come out and say, yeah, right. we would have we taken, taken him. him right. They've got no reason to do right. that whatsoever. They have to rally around the guys they pick. That's part of it. So yeah. I think there's a lot of teams that had him as a top 20 player in the draft, right? Now, whether they would have taken him in the top 20 or whatever else, that's a different story. But I know I talked to enough teams to know that, like, oh, oh no, Jameer Gibbs is definitely one of the 20 best players in this draft. Definitely, definitely, blah, blah, blah. So you know, I don't think it was as crazy. And, again, the, the whole draft pundits and all that, you're right. There's a little bit of their own evaluation, you know. I, I'm, I'm going to be a jerk here with this comment. Some of them I want to go, I don't know how they got this platform to evaluate anything anyways. I don't know. Who are you talking about? Well, I, I'm not going to get into it. Who, but who, some who, of them I just want to go, what? They've, I, they've never been in an NFL anything. They've never been on a football field. But they're telling me what team should draft. 
I, there, there's a lot of that. I'm so very that, curious who you're referring there's to. There's a few of them out there where you just go, what, well, who, then you could name one. Well, who's ever taught them? Who's <laughs> ever done this? Where have they ever learned anything from? But they have a big Twitter following and some other things, and we're supposed to listen to what they say on the draft. So the, the whole process confuses the situation there. Sorry, that was my little spiel of Monday morning. The issue with running backs is twofold, in my view. Yeah. Number one, supply outweighs demand. Right. And the question becomes, can you get someone multiple rounds later who isn't that much lesser of a player? And yeah. are you getting right. more talent for your draft spot right. at another position. I got you. Somebody else out there with a gap is right. bigger right. at 12 or at 15 or at 7 I or wherever right. when I know I can find an Alvin Kamara in round three. Yeah. Or I can find a James Robinson undrafted, an Arian Foster undrafted, up an Austin Eckler undrafted. Where is the better value. And I don't think the Lions cared. The Lions wanted who they wanted. They got who they got. But the other side of it, too, because this is the thing that can make Jameer Gibbs or B. John Robinson come off as a bust. If you get injured, well, the position is conducive to injury, to injury yeah, right. because you are in, as you call it aptly, car crashes over and over and over again. So if it does happen, and it's not like some random fluke thing. We know it's going to happen. Right. Saquon Barkley, great rookie year, 2,000 yards from scrimmage. Everything's great. Now, now we know why he was the second overall pick in the draft. Ankle injury against the Buccaneers week four, I believe, in 2019, and that started the downward slide. Definitely. They tore an ACL the next year. Right. But that's not his fault. That's the position. Yeah. You that's get you hit. You get hit in awkward decision. ways. You're going right. to get injured. You're not right. Superman. Emmett Smith is the only one I've seen, and Marshawn Lynch to a certain extent, who's impervious to the whole, you know, getting banged around in every possible direction and still finding a way to keep going. Emmett was the king of it. Marshawn Lynch more recently, the guy who just found a way to play no matter what. And that's special, and there's no way to gauge that based upon college experience. And whatever they do at the college level, it's going to be even harder at the NFL level to stay healthy. But that's another reason to shy away from a running back yeah. because you're accepting this risk. Right that this is the most dangerous position on the field. I'm going to lose that guy for yeah. weeks, maybe months, maybe years. Right, and it's a, and I put a very expensive asset into getting him, right? You're right. That's exactly the risk. I think they looked at it and went, no, the guy's special. And I think to your point and what you talked about, a way in that value, they went, wait, there's a huge gap between, you know, these top two running backs and then the third running back on the board, right? And I think that's probably why they were very comfortable with going, wait, we know we need this type of football player. He takes us over the top on the offensive side of the ball. And I think that's why they were willing to be a little unpopular with the draft pundits of the world and take them eight, ten spots too early. But like you said, I think they're a team that's very particular. I think they're a team, when you think about Dan Campbell and the group that's there, Ben Johnson and uh, Spielman and everybody, that they are a team that had their board and were like, wait, we have two or three guys that we want at linebacker. And that's it because we think they're Lions guys. They bite kneecaps. We have two or three guys at running back we want, right? I think you even brought this up right after the draft. They have a short list of what they felt like were their culture type of guys. And I think that's why they were willing to draft those guys a few spots early too. And it goes to what they're trying to build. And it just builds on what they've done so far the past couple of years. It kind of bottomed out the middle of the 2022 season. And then it's taken off. And now they're the darlings of the NFL with yeah. the opening game on NBC Thursday, September 8th. Lions at the Chiefs, and the Lions, a very attractive team throughout the season. A Thursday night game against the Packers. Isn't that wild? They play the Packers on a Thursday night, and then they host the Packers on Thanksgiving. So they play the Packers this year on two Thanksgivings. That's right. got to be a first, that that the same two teams have played four played days. each other right. on the same day of the week. They play on Thursday night, week four, and then Thanksgiving week 12 that is odd and uh, there's a monday night game against the raiders and maybe somewhere on the back end they end up slipping into prime Some time flex. either sunday night or monday night remember yeah. this year's the first year of the possible right monday night flex all right the texans one of the teams with no prime time games this year trying to play their way back into the nfl spotlight head coach D'Amico ryan's and third overall pick will anderson here they are talking about anderson changing from linebacker to defensive end. 
It's not a huge position change for Will. Will will be an edge defender for us, and that's what he did at Alabama. All right, most of Alabama, he was standing up. We'll have him down in a three-point stand, so he's not a. It's not a big-time position change for him. We won't have him playing in a over the guard like he did some there later in his career. So it's not a huge position change for Will. You know, being at Alabama, you know. It, they play me very versatile. So um, when we go to any type of flex defense, I was already playing a five technique, which, you know, I'm kind of used to playing on the outside of the tackle. So, I mean, the four was just an adjustment for me, but my regular position was always, you know, hand in the dirt, five technique and stuff like that, keying the outside pad of the tackle. So I'm kind of already used to that. I've been playing that kind of like my whole life since high school, regular defensive end. Alabama just used me in more different ways, you know, differently, but I've had that experience. Look, bottom line is it's more lucrative to be a linebacker or a defensive end, excuse me, the linebacker. We talked about it recently with Michael Parsons. Yeah. When, and, and you know what's funny? All that talk about Michael Parsons, full-time defensive end. And they made a – Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator. He's going to play the linebacker, too. No, he's still a linebacker. Yeah. He's a linebacker. Yeah. He's not making a position change. He's a pass-rushing linebacker. Right. right, But it sounds like Will Anderson is going to be full-time defensive end. Definitely. Hand in the dirt. You get paid more down the line, so yeah. it's a good thing. And and uh, that's where they see him. And hey, I'll defer to D'Amico Ryan's. And of course, you know he wanted his Nick Bosa. Right. He got his quarterback with two, and he got potentially his Nick Bosa with three. We'll yeah. see what Will Anderson yeah. does. I know you had others, specifically Tyree Tyree Wilson, Wilson higher, sure. but Definitely. we'll see what Will Anderson does. Yeah, we'll see. It, it isn't a big deal. I mean, he played the edge of the you know the four down front at Alabama. Yeah, they played some three down fronts. He was moved around a little bit. But when you really evaluated him and watch him, he was they were playing a lot of of course nickel defense, right? Most of college football is throwing the ball. And he was playing defense end and stood up more times than not. Like a Lawrence Taylor instead of maybe putting his foot a uh, hand in the ground, you know, and getting ready to come out of a track stand more like Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, you know, Miles Garrett and that group. That's what he's gonna be asked to do now though. Uh, that they don't want you know, there's not gonna be as much asked of him as there was with with Alabama. It's now going to be more of like, wait, no, get wide outside the tackle, get in your track stands, and we want you to go get the quarterback. And we'll see. Yeah, those are the things I did have questions about. He's a really good football player. I wasn't sure if they might use him as a little stand-up linebacker and become a Micah Parsons thing because I don't, I, I, you know, in my evaluation, and I know there's others out there that are the same way, I did not think he was an elite-level pass rusher. I did not. I was surprised by the pick. I was, but he's a good player. He can do a lot. He's a great leader. He's a culture guy, right? That's what you hear from everybody. And, of course, you know, he is a first-round talent. But, but uh, yeah, I'm going to be excited to see how especially he can be as a pass rusher, Mike. Yeah, and, look, the Texans need plenty of help, but they're relying upon C.J. Stratt. We talked about him earlier to get it done at quarterback. Will Anderson to anchor that defense, also provide leadership. That's one of the yeah, things that really I think. liked him. No and doubt. We'll see what D'Amico Ryan that's right. and the Texans can do. Let's take a break because we've got plenty more to get to today. When we return, the Vikings on Friday traded away one of their big-name veterans who wanted out. Could they be releasing another big-name veteran on the offensive side of the ball soon? We'll discuss that when this Monday edition of PFD Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. 
Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Kirk is back to pass. There's Victor wide open in the end zone. And the schedule has been released starting week one with the Buccaneers. Bad punt. Their punter's terrible. The purple plan to put the Hurts on Hurts. We bring you this interconference matchup between the Minnesota Vikings and the Los Angeles Chargers. Let's go, Vikes! Versus the defending Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. I can't find it. I can't find the first loss. That's great. Paul Allen, he can never find the first loss. (sighs) I get a feeling it's the first Thursday night, first short week Thursday night at Philadelphia. Good luck with that one, Paul Allen and company. Going to face the Eagles week two for their home opener. That 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 was pretty slick. That was like it's hard to get noticed though between the Chargers and what the Titans did this year. It's hard for anybody else to stick out. Is that all drone work? Is that like computer graphics? Is that all real? I mean, I don't even know. Like that was that was it was pretty cool. It they really make was. it look like one take. Yeah, I I'm sure it's not right. I I can't imagine there isn't a a cut in there at some point that I we don't so. notice. Right, but it's still it's still impressive. We see it though. We've seen it. This wasn't something new. The char- and even though with the Chargers it wasn't something new, they've kind of owned the whole anime space, and it's so good, and it's so much fun to watch. The Chargers win the day, but the Vikings, nice effort, and that's what they'll be saying that first Thursday night. Nice effort at <laughs> Philadelphia or not as they go back there. They will be going back to Philadelphia without Zedarius Smith, who had 10 sacks last year for the Minnesota Vikings and has been a very great pass rusher. He was with the Ravens and he was with the Packers. Joined the Vikings last year. He wanted out after one season, made it clear that he wanted out. The Vikings traded him Friday night. The Browns get Smith plus a 2025 sixth rounder and a 2025 seventh rounder in exchange for a 2024 fifth rounder and a 2025 fifth rounder. This is one of those my son and I were talking about. It's the the grains of rice yeah. trade where you the, well you have to give us a pick and we give you a pick and we're going to balance it all out that way and make it look like a fair deal. Look, the bottom line is he wanted out. And they unloaded his salary. I think he had some guarantees in there this year, so they found a way to work it out. They get some value for a guy who doesn't want to be there. And my position has been all along. All due respect to Zadarius Smith, great player. You get rid of the entire defense, and it's not going to be any worse than it was last year. No. Collectively, it was ass last year. So, Zadarius doesn't want to be there. We don't want hostages. We want volunteers. You move him on to the Browns, and he becomes now, presumably, the latest Jadavian Clowney. It didn't work with Clowney the past couple of years across from Miles Garrett. Now, we'll see if Zadarius Smith can get it done across from from one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I'm not surprised, right? Kind of one of these things where you just wondered, when is something going to happen? It was kind of been on everybody's radar. Knew he wasn't happy. They got Daniil Hunter. They got Marcus Davenport in free agency, right? Those, you know, the, that seemed like when they got Marcus Davenport, I thought, well, that's the replacement for Zaria Smith, right? So they played the exact same position. So it just seemed like it was a matter of time. And you wondered how it was all going to get figured out. And here comes the Cleveland Browns. And to your point, yeah, it, it is. It's their new version of Jadeveon Clowney, but maybe even a guy that you know has got more pass rush value than Jadeveon Clowney the last few years. That's maybe the exciting thing. Now he's getting up there in age, and we're getting the that injury. Knee. There's and that knee. There's that a knee. knee right. Keeps popping up. Right. Right. That he had the last back year. two years ago. Yeah. Right. Wasn't it? So yeah, they're, they're, he is certainly at an age where teams start to worry. But for Cleveland Browns themselves, I think this was like the one glaring area of their team where you looked at to go. Who who's going to line up opposite of Miles Garrett? What are they going to do here? You know, they got Jim Schwartz, new D coordinator there in town, and it did seem like they were incomplete. And obviously, this is why they had this on their radar. They got it done, and I think it's a, a good fit for them overall. So the Vikings' defense last year, which was abysmal, they were thirteen and four, but they allowed more points than they scored. They were ranked thirty-first, I think, in average yardage per game allowed. Yeah. They've lost Smith, 
Defensive tackle Dalvin Tomlinson, right. who signed with the Browns, Browns early right. in free agency. Yep. Linebacker Eric Kendricks was cut. He landed with the Chargers. Patrick Peterson was a free agent. He signed with the Steelers. Chandon Sullivan, I think, recently signed with the – was it the – I can't remember who I'd it was. I'd have to look it up. I can't yeah. remember who it was. But he signed with somebody not that long ago. Cameron Dantzler is now gone. They've added Marcus Davenport, first-round pick of the Saints several years ago, and Byron Murphy, the former Cardinals defensive back. They've added three guys in the draft as well. Again, it ain't going to be any worse than it was last year. This is Brian Flores that's the difference. That's the that's big the addition. Exactly. It's not scheme-driven. It's matchup-driven. It's week after week, teaching yeah. you guys what's necessary to go face the defense or the offense, excuse me, that they will be seeing in the next game. Because what happened last year, by the end of the year, your system gets exposed. Exactly. You it saw was it exposed. against the Giants. Exactly. It was, it, it, it's, we've got it all figured out. We know how to beat it, and we're going to go beat it. And that's the thing that – Kevin O'Connell told me last week as well. He probably spent too much time on the offense last year. He intends to spend more time working with the whole team this right. year. Too deferential to Ed Donatel. Too much delegation. Right. Take care of the offense. Let's just go out, score them. Yeah. You still have to pay some attention to the defense. Sure, sure. I think he'll be more comfortable this year. I mean, you, you and I, we're we're both big Brian Flores fans. I mean, he's he's the man in my opinion, and he's going to not only you know be better X's and O's and scheme-wise to all the things you were just talking about, he's going to bring a different attitude in there. Brian it's Flores. It's good balance. It's it good is. balance. It is. It's, it's, uh, because it's good cop, bad cop. Exactly. O'Connell's got a great way. He's the smart X's and O's. Hey, check to this. Get along with I everybody. Get along with everybody. Brian Flores can be like, hey, no, F you. you got to line up right here, and we got to be tougher. Right, and that's what your defense needs. Defensive coaches, they usually got a little bit more of that edge like that, where they can speak a little more frankly to their players than maybe the offensive side of the ball. And I think that's where you change. And and to your point, that's that's the biggest addition. You know, we we got into no disguises, no blitzes, no creativity from your defense at all. I mean, we got to the point where we were talking in games like the Patriots on Thanksgiving where they were going, the, the Vikings, their run defense wasn't even good, and they were playing pass defense, and the, the, the Patriots and other teams were like, so what? You're so bad at pass defense, we're still going to throw it. We don't care how many people you drop back. So that's where I expect you to be a different team. But, yeah, the talent levels. I don't know if it's quite there to think it's going to be like, oh, a top 10 defense or a top 12 defense. But how much better does it need to no, be for them right. to be better as a team? I don't sure. think it puts them in position to compete with the Eagles and the 49ers when you get to the postseason. Yeah. Last year, my position was the ultimate ceiling for the Vikings was get blown out in the divisional round. Probably the same this year. Yeah. They may not be 13-4. and four. They may go a level higher than they went last year. They may have the defense that's able to slow down whoever they encounter in the wild card round. But – they got a long way to go to be the team that can topple the Eagles or the 49ers. Yeah, Those are agreed. the clear class of the NFC. And we know injuries can change things and different factors. And there's always a team that we didn't expect to be good that ends up being good. Or there's a team that, that you know, we expect to be good that is good, like the Lions. They, they could disrupt all of this. But, Definitely. But we'll see. But the Still Vikings, got the Cowboys that we know are super talented, too. Yeah, but you, know, you can just count on the Cowboys to create some expectations and hope. you think this will be the year where they and, take a deep breath and relax? And No, I just think I think this is the this is the Mike McCarthy Waterloo year, I think. It's all set up for it all to be his fault when it when it goes sideways. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, it is. I mean, yeah. Kellen Moore's out. He's running the offense. I just feel like they're they're getting ready. Shereen Williams, who's covered that team for years, believes that Dan Quinn's going to be the next head coach, and it's just a matter of time. So we'll see. Maybe okay. it's by next year. Yeah. Uh, before we pivot to anything else, though, the Vikings have an unfinished item of business on the offensive side. The Zadarius Smith situation had been lingering with a sense that something was going to happen. The Dalvin Cook situation this one's really interesting, to linger. Mike. Star running back. Yeah. Let's hear first from Kevin O'Connell last week when I asked him where things stood with the guy who has been – their cornerstone player really since 2017 when it comes to running the ball. I can just tell you, you know, what Dalvin meant to me, not only in year one, uh, you know, as one of our core leaders of our team, um, but also just the impact he had on the field. Uh, you know, his consistency, his toughness, durability, uh, playing through uh, some different things and, and consistently being out there for us in critical moments and just some of the huge plays that he made uh, you know, right alongside Kirk and Justin and the rest of our offensive players, um, you know, really, you know, is, will never be lost on me. But, uh, I, I, you know, we want what's best for Dalvin, and, and Dalvin knows that, and, and we continue to work through 
um, you know, that situation, knowing that the respect uh, that the Minnesota Vikings and our organization have for Dalvin uh, has been earned, but it's more than that, Mike. It's, you know, I, you know, we care about uh, obviously the player and, and ultimately he's under contract and, um, you know, very much something that, uh, you know, I, I, I don't take for granted having had Dalvin Cook on this team and, and, and what that's meant to me as a coach here in year one. Lots of past tense trickling in, as Pete Demolitis points out. There really is. I mean, yeah. He knows which way the wind's blowing. We all do. We all do. Look, I asked him in that same interview but, but, about Justin Jefferson. Yeah. And there was no hesitation. We, uh, no timeline on getting a contract done, but he's going to be a Minnesota Viking. That's never going to change. He's going to be here. And then when it's Dalvin Cook, it's all very measured and appreciation. Yeah. I, I, I think it's as simple so, well, as. So why? Where is this? Why are we at this here? I'm just, I'm a little surprised by this. I think it's as simple as yeah. Dalvin Cook is due to make $10.4 million right. in salary this year. $2 yeah. million of it's already fully guaranteed, but it doesn't matter. It's subject to offset. If they cut him, he's going to get yeah. his $2 million somewhere else. This is about, at this stage of his career, is it worth it dollar for dollar to pay him $10 million when you've got Alexander Madison? And they like Ty Chandler, who's 25, but he's only in his second season. Yeah. So we go younger, we go cheaper, and we devote the resources elsewhere, like to signing Justin Jefferson. So I think it's as simple as that. And the problem is, whatever they would be willing to offer Dalvin Cook Less than 10.4, he probably doesn't want. He probably is a point where he would just like his freedom. So he'll take even less than that to go somewhere else. Yeah. He's just going to say, no, how about we pay you six? No. How about we pay you seven? No. And I don't know yeah, what their max is. is what their, I don't know what their max or is. Or what he can get on the free market. But I just get the feeling that whatever they have suggested so far he said isn't, no. isn't enough. Yeah. And it's just a matter of time before he's traded with a contract revision or he's just cut loose. Because otherwise – what we would have heard from Kevin O'Connell last week would have been more yeah. unconditional, unequivocal, unambiguous. He's going to be here. I, I, I mean, I'm, I get all your, all that you're saying there. I get it. I do. You know, I understand the position and we, we just talked about it in the first segment of the show with Jameer Gibbs and you know, the, the, the value of the running back or the lack of value because of the car crashes and injuries and all that too. But at the same time, like, $10 million for a guy that, I mean, there's only a few that can just run down the sidelines for an 80-yard touchdown like we just talked about with Jameer Gibbs. I mean, you don't beat the Bills unless he runs 80 yards down the sidelines. Three moments last year. Let me go, start go with ahead. the Dolphins. Go game. ahead. Because a lot of people think he's going to end up in Miami. I don't know that there's a spot for him there, yeah. but he's good enough that maybe you make one. Right. He supplied like a 55-yard dagger to beat the Dolphins I remember. when it was still in doubt. Yeah. Boom. Right gone. up the middle. Right. Yeah, right. I got it. Down 27-10, right. third quarter against the they Bills. They don't score quick. They're not going to come back. 80-yard touchdown. Right. One of those moments where you're like, well, oh, this just got a little more they're interesting. They're still in this. Yeah, they're still going to lose. Right. But, but, exactly. But it made it well, exactly. And then the Colts, the greatest comeback in NFL history. What tied the game up and sent it to overtime? Dalvin Cook with a screen pass. Jailbreak. Gone. Touchdown. So, and and look, I'm and I know Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, the GM of the Vikings, is big into analytics, but... Quasi, if you're watching, first of all, thank you. Second of all, who are you going to replace this guy with? I understand the idea of going dollar for dollar cheaper. And I know that when Dalvin Cook has been injured over the past few years, Alexander Madison has done a good job. He has. He's still not that home run hitter. And maybe they think, yeah. maybe they think they can get by without. They got Madison signed to a very favorable deal. Not much money there. They have Ty Chandler. And maybe they're willing to go with those guys because look at what they've invested into the passing game. Maybe the message here is we're really not going to be running it all that much. We've got Justin Jefferson. We've got TJ Hawkinson at tight end. We added Jordan Addison with a first-round pick. K.J. Osborne is a guy that Kevin O'Connell was very yeah, positive and glowing right. about. So maybe they're just going to make do with Alexander Madison and Ty Chandler and, and not – not expect any big plays from the backfield, any of those 80-yard catch and run or handoff and off he goes and just rely upon the passing game. Pass to set up the run, 
build a lead and then pound away with Madison and Chandler. That may be what they're they're trying to do. And now that the defense is better, they can get away with it. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. It's a hell of a risk, but it sure feels like Dalvin Cook isn't going to be there. It, it, it does seem that way. I'm, I'm, I'm still, you know, I, I listen, I get it. I get it. I know it's, it's easy for me to sit here at a table and talk to you, and it's not my $10 million, and I'm not running a team. And he has a shoulder thing like you've talked about. Shoulder's fine now. He's right. been playing with one shoulder, yeah. now he's playing with two. Right. His right. agent says that all the time. I know, right, until he you know, has to take on Micah Parsons in the hole, and then there's got back to one, so that could be scary, right? But, yeah, things seem like they're on the up and up there. I, I w- I'm one to sit here just as a guy who sits here on the outside like you and evaluates and watches and all that to go, I don't know. I'd have a hard time letting him go go anywhere right now. You know, I still think you're a team that's going to have to rely on the offense and points and, and, and yards and all that. You know, yeah, the defense will be better, but how much better? I don't think it's going to be dominant that way. And, you know, like you're talking about, he's, he's special in the fact that he could change the scoreboard in a hurry. There's only a few of them in football. And I know it's $10 million, right? And it, it's $10 million in cash, but they only, like, dead cap, what, it's, it's like eight-something, right? They don't, they're not going to save a ton of money cap-wise. To me, when I balance those things out, I'd go, oh, I think I'd, I'd keep the player right now for one more year. That, that's kind of where I land, but uh, that's a tough one at that position. I know the other that. side of it, too, is yeah. does he really want to be there? That's true, right. It's easy for him to kind of – fade into the background and not say anything when he knows that things are being worked out behind the scenes that quite possibly will result in him being gone. He doesn't have to take a stand. Maybe he's made his wishes known that he, he's ready to move on, and they're just trying to be as coy as they can be about it so they can trade him, just like they traded Zedaria Smith. Yeah. Maybe they can do one of those grains of rice, grains of sand, balance out the the, you give us a fourth-round pick this year, we'll give you a fifth-round pick next year, and you give us a sixth-round pick this year, we'll give you a seventh-round pick next year, and they get some value, they move on from the $2 million. But they're, they're going to they're gonna avoid the $2 million easily because, I mean, I don't, I don't know. At this point, the, the longer you hold him, the less he's going to get on the open market. Seats are going to fill up. If the Dolphins are interested, they used a third-round pick well, that's on where a running back. Yeah, that's I just where don't, and they got Raheem Mostert, and they've, they've got several – very good running backs right. there. Hey, you know what? How about this? I hadn't thought about this. But if you would trade him to the Dolphins, maybe you get one of those running backs yeah, get back. back from right, Miami. They might. And then that's how you replace Dalvin Cook. Trade's one thing. I mean, this is, you know, you're bringing up an element where trade, yeah, okay, he's going to see his money. The release thing's a different thing there. I don't know. I mean, you know, was he going to get released and get a $10 million payday from somebody on an open market? I well, don't know if that will well, happen either. And I'm not sure if he's traded, he walks through the door with and his contract exactly, as right, is. I right. think he's going to have to redo his contract, yeah. which complicates a trade. Yeah, yeah. I, I would think that's a possibility. Or if it stays as is, does the team that wants to trade for him ask the Vikings to pay a little bit of the contract altogether? I think there's a lot of things that are probably on the table here as far as figuring this situation out. But, yeah, where he ends up, all that, hey, we know it's, it's, you know, it's down the downward slope. But, damn, this is still one of the most explosive running backs in all of football. The Denver Broncos, before the draft, left the door wide open to add a running back. Yeah. Sean Payton talked about the situation in New Orleans several years ago when they had Mark Ingram, they had Adrian Peterson, but, oh, there's Alvin Kamara. He loved him. He brought him in. They've got Javante Williams in Denver, who's recovering from a torn ACL. They added Samaj P. Ryan, who they really like and think can do anything right. that they require. They didn't draft a running back, and it may be because they have real confidence that Javante Williams is going to be ready to go. Here's Sean Payton from the Mother's Day weekend rookie minicamp talking about Javante Williams and where he stands in his recovery from the torn ACL. Our, our current starters doing extremely well um i would tell you that we expect him to be ready for the start of training camp and that's good news um javante yeah, his, his 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 rehab's going well and i don't want to speak for him or bo or anyone else but we we get the daily reports yeah look they they and uh, who knows at this point they're not required to tell us anything about anyone's injuries until the first injury reports released in advance of week one but they seem to be optimistic for him about to say that that's that's odd that, and, be yeah, that strong and, positive about it and so it's williams it's p ryan and maybe they have some undrafted guy who develops somebody else deeper in the roster they don't know about or that i'm not thinking of but uh it was it was a serious injury for jonte williams and it's part of the reality we talked about last segment with jameer gibbs this is what happens 
to running backs. Javante yeah. Williams was one of those guys that had that ooh, fantasy football yeah, lean last really good year. Rookie year. A guy who can really come in and make a difference, and, and then boom, it just – like that, yeah. it can be over, and you you better be ready to pivot to someone else. So, and again, that may be what's factoring into the Vikings thinking. Like you said, he's healthy for now. Dalvin Cook is, but how long will it be? be? Healthy? How long is it last? And is this enough? Is this too much money to invest in a position where the position itself is conducive to the kind of injury where you're saying, "Man, we got a lot of money that's sitting on the bench. We got a lot of money that's on IR. Right. We got a lot of money that's not available to help us win football games." So. Uh, the ship is sailing literally and figuratively for Dalvin Cook in Minnesota. Javante Williams, the sun is rising on what will be his third season. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we return, we're going to take another look at the 2023 schedule with a game of fill in the blank. Monday, PFT Live, both of us in studio. Back after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.